Are you a sex worker looking to build a new website or a website redesign? Then you'll want to consider Fox Digital. They did a fantastic job designing my website, Stripped by Sia. If you want your website done, mention that you're a listener of the show at foxdigital.design for 20% off. Tell them I sent you. amazing episode that we're going to be producing today um and just stay tuned because we have an amazing guest on today but just want to say hello and give a warm welcome to all you new listeners out there if it is your first time here or maybe your hundredth time here listening um this episode and this this podcast in general is all about sex work actually so it's all about destigmatizing sex work and that's done through education through the humanization of sex work, and by bringing different people from the industry on every single week, whether they're talent, they're in front of the camera, maybe they are part of a nonprofit organization that helps benefit sex workers, maybe they are working behind the scenes, maybe they're a producer. I try to bring on as many diverse people onto the show as I can to really paint and illustrate a, a really thorough view of what sex work is, because as you might know, there are a lot of um, a lot of people have a lot of opinions to say about us. Let's just say it like that. <laughs> so I am bringing on um, a special guest today. Um, it is going to be a little bit of a different episode this week. Um, we actually are going to be talking about polyamory, and also going to be talking about a wonderful film that also came out as well. But before we go into introducing our guest, just a couple more things and. And people I need to mention as well, I just wanted to quickly say hello to all of our lovely Patreon subscribers. Hello. Um, a lot of you are supporting the show financially through the Patreon there. And there you can find video exclusives. Um, you can find video content from this episode, all episodes uh, starting from season five. Uh, a lot of bonus content, bonus episodes, uh, announcements, and little things that I like to announce kind of before it gets released to the public. And subscriptions start at as low as $4 a month. So feel free to go ahead and give it a, a peep if you're interested in perhaps donating or supporting the show that way. It is patreon.com slash stripped by Sia. Um, we are also on the Skyhawk After Dark TV network as well, where a lot of, you know, a lot of people that have, have been on the show also have podcasts. They also have video casts as well all from the adult industry. If you are interested in hearing similar content like mine, feel free to go check them out. It's skyhawkafterdarktv.com. And last but not least, I know a lot of you are always like, hey, where can I get a really cool website made? Um, I'm trying to break into the industry. I need to like establish myself. And I also don't trust any other platforms that are taking cuts for me or like, you know, potentially getting your, your, your pages and your account suspended or deleted. 
it's a really great time to uh, invest in getting a website getting made. So my partner, um, Fox Digital, has created my website. Lovely, lovely. Also offering all Strip Icea listeners 20% off. Um, feel free to go ahead and give them a shout out there. Um, Anthony is one who will be helping you out. It is foxdigital.design if you're interested in inquiring for the 20% off. Okay, so we are here. We are back. We had to go through all the things. But as I mentioned, we have an exciting guest on today and going a little bit left field today. But I also think the topic's really important because a lot of people have been curious about polyamory. And it has been quite a while since we have discussed polyamory on the show. Actually, we haven't had an episode on since Ricky and Jody. And that was back in the beginning of season five. So it's been quite a while. Um, but we are going to be bringing Stephanie Sellers onto the show today. Um, she is a filmmaker, a writer, producer, actor, and founder and artistic director of Immortality Productions. Uh, two years ago, she released Lust Life Love, a film about navigating polyamory and relationships. And it's a really great film. I would highly recommend everyone watching it, especially if you are perhaps curious um, about what polyamory is how to navigate those relationships. Um, and you are probably wondering why am I bringing someone on who, you know, is not a sex worker. Um, I just feel like there is a lot of things in alignment with polyamory and sex work, as I'll kind of demonstrate throughout the episode here. And I'm sure Stephanie will also give us her opinions on that as well. Um, but she's sitting so patiently here. Stephanie, are you there? <laughs> I am here. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. You said, I am not a sex worker. That's true. But I did attempt to be one when I was in my early 20s. I tried to be a, a dom okay. <laughs> at a dungeon at a dungeon in New York City. Of course. Um, not long after 9-11. And uh, yeah, it was... Um, I was kind of going into it for the wrong reasons. And, um, but anyway, I'm not like, it's not completely foreign to me. I've also done some burlesque performing, Great. which is ten tangentially related, I think. I think so. Yeah. And we definitely have had burlesque performers on the show as well. Dominatrices of many different capacities on the show as well. <laughs> and I feel like everyone, I mean, everyone, everyone in my circle at least has dabbled at least a little bit in sex work. And if you are in sex work, you've definitely dabbled your fingers and toes in a lot of different forms and mediums of sex work. But um, today we're definitely going to be discussing your film. And I'm trying not to say any spoilers today because <laughs> I would definitely recommend people giving it a watch if they are curious about polyamory or if you're just looking for a different film that's out there. It has won multiple awards. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Amazing. Um, Thank you. Gosh, I guess, geez, let, where did it even begin? I, I would love to maybe just give my thoughts and like just kind of feedback on it. Um, I really enjoyed the film. It was beautifully shot. Uh, really great to see a woman's perspective on polyamory. I just feel like a lot of times maybe we don't <laughs> hear women's opinions sometimes on mo on many topics like that. So, um, I yes. Also, yes, which is a thing so, <laughs> which is frustrating and the female gaze the female gaze right because in film you know there's the the male gaze that's in, in a lot of a lot of films that that are about uh 
you know, this lifestyle that um, prior to my film have all been directed by men. So, yeah. and through the male gaze. So that's not the only, only perspective. <laughs> no, and it's really refreshing to have you come on there to not only direct and produce the film, but also to star in it yourself as one of the main characters, Veronica. And mm-hmm. um, just judging from my little research that I know of you from online, but also the film was quite uh, autobiographical in certain capacity as well, and maybe many capacities actually, but mm-hmm. maybe go into that a little bit in terms of like, okay, what inspired you to even? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I have been involved with the polyamory non-monogamy for a long time. And when I was in film school uh, and thinking about uh, what, sort of screenplays to write. This was a topic that, you know, I, that came up as um, uh, something I wanted to explore through film. And, and I, at first I, I had the character, I'd be a lawyer and, you know, kind of inspired by someone else I know. And then when I started talking to my advisor about it, he asked me some questions like about my background and, and then I told him like I had written, um, a sex and relationship column for a newspaper right. for a little over a year. And he was really intrigued by that. And he said, well, why, why don't you make the, the character more like you? And <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, so there was that inspiration um, and, and the whole narrative and the, and the, the main, um, relationship in the story is inspired by a relationship that I've had and and you know my my experience with polyamory like at first being a solo polyamorous having multiple partners but not a primary partner and then having a primary partner who was previously monogamous and who I introduced to to the lifestyle and became a little bit more into it than I I had expected or just, you know, it opened this whole Pandora's box and then ended up challenging me in ways that I did not expect. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that's the truth that's behind the story. That's very, it's fictionalized, but you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of truth in it. Lots of truth, indeed. I mean, gosh, first of all, was it terrifying that your advisor was like, maybe let's turn the focus to your own personal life and see see how that goes? Yeah, I um, I mean, even though I'm I'm an introvert, I'm not shy about sharing my life and experience through my work, through my art. And like using my experience as a way to to reach others, either to provoke or to move people. And so, yeah, I'm able to detach. Mm-hmm. And I, I have this ability to detach, you know, from my experience once I'm, you know, channeling it into, into art. 
and whether it's film or through uh, other forms of writing that I do. Right. And does that detachment also um, come to play as well? Because you acted in it too. So that's just like a couple different dimensions here, but also be very vulnerable and challenging. Tell us about that aspect. Yeah, again, I'm saying it's, it's like, even though the character is based on me, it is more of a persona or it's, it's, she's a character. Veronica is um, like a part of me or she, she is born from me, but, but she is also not entirely me. So uh, I have that awareness going into it and um, just enjoying playing and you know during the editing process I'm sitting there like watching myself on screen over and over again and and some people some people are not able to do that they're like oh I can't look at myself right and like even actors like they don't they don't want to look at their their work and for me it's just yeah, it's like kind of looking in the mirror and it's like, it's me, but it's not me. Um, and then I'm able to sit back and then observe um, as the director and say, oh yeah, she's doing this, doing that. Let's, and, you know, speaking about myself or Ver- Veronica, her in the third person. So yeah, that that's um, that's helpful to the process. Totally. And I mean, as you, as you mentioned too, even actors kind of go through this. I would even extend that to people in our industry as well. Mm-hmm. Like say adult actors mm-hmm. also kind of can go through that too. Um, even as creators, sure. you know, some people don't like watching themselves as a creator myself too. I personally don't mind watching myself. I think it's really great. It's mm-hmm. turn on sometimes too when I'm editing some of my clips, which is a, <laughs> a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, it's, I just felt the piece to be very vulnerable, uh, very, very intimate too. Um, But perhaps before we go into more details, just because I do have some diverse listeners, like a lot of people within the sex work community, but also a lot of quote unquote civilian folks or people that are not in our industry that maybe are not familiar with the term polyamory. Um, mm-hmm. maybe we want to start there and kind of define those terms first before we move forward. Sure. Polyamory is, uh, breaks down to many loves, um, from the Greek and Latin polyamory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's having, a more than one romantic or sexual relationship at a time, but it's, it's all consensual, which is, you know, most people are familiar with cheating Mm -hmm. as another way to have multiple relationships at the same time. But, you know, it's very dishonest and, and causes a lot of uh, hurt. Oh, absolutely. um, Yeah. So polyamory is an open way of, 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 of being with the more than one person at the same time. Um, there's also the term ethical non-monogamy or consensual non-monogamy, which kind of overlaps, but um, polyamory is more rooted in the romantic emotional connection rather than just a 
you know, having multiple sex partners. Right. Um, so there are these nuances in between the terms and, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm really glad that you defined that because I feel like a lot of people might often assume right away that you're just having sex with a lot of people. That mm. I feel like that's like the first thing that a lot of people that like when they think, oh, polyamory, that's the first thing that kind of comes to mind. Um, mm-hmm as well as some other assumptions like polygamy that they get polygamy right. and polyamory confused or like yes swinging yeah <laughs> there's definitely some overlap between swinging and polyamory in terms of there are a lot of polyamorous people who enjoy group sex uh, and sex parties swinging but swingers are really they're less interested um, in uh, having romantic emotional connections with other people. They're usually primary partners, usually hetero couples or like maybe the, the woman is bisexual. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have sex with other people, but are kind of emotionally detached. Right. There are no like uh, emotional roots in. Right. Right. Um, you you mentioned the term primary relationship a few times. Um, would you mm-hmm. also be able to define that as well for those who are, who are unfamiliar? Sure. Um, so within polyamory, there are many different styles. So primary partner falls into the hierarchical form of polyamory where there is a couple already established and then that couple decides to open up their relationship Um, but because they already have an established relationship and are committed to each other, they kind of prioritize their relationship above others. And so that's where the term, um, primary partner has come in. And I mean, I guess, I guess you can have a primary partner, that develops through other forms of polyamory, like solo polyamory, for instance, Mm. where a person may have, may not have a primary partner to begin with, but they have multiple partners that are more or less equal. Mm. And then one of those partners becomes a primary partner. So there's so many different ways it could, it could play out. Yeah, definitely. That's so fascinating. I mean, I'm also curious too, Stephanie, how did you even get involved with the poly like relationships, with the lifestyle? Like how did you get involved with that? What's your story? Mm, yeah. Well, I I always felt that monogamy didn't feel natural to me even as a teenager. Like I just felt kind of torn about it. You know, I sub- I subscribed to monogamy, but I I was like always like, well, why can't I flirt with other people? Why can't I? Why well, I have all these other attractions, and and then and then and then being bi curious, and then like wanting to have other experiences, um, and then I was in a relationship in my twenties, where with the guy who um, wanted to explore in that way, like with mm-hmm. threesomes, and then I and because I was um, sexually attracted to women and I, I, 
yeah, he, he helped, he helped me kind of get into that just through having threesomes. And then, and then I, I, and then I wanted more of that and I wanted to date women separately. And, uh, and then I was casually dating another guy who was going to sex parties. Mm-hmm. So he invited me to, to one and that's how I got into that. Mm-hmm. And, um, so where Veronica is at the, at the beginning of the movie where she starts having all these multiple relationships, that's kind of, you know, where I was after that initial exploratory phase of being introduced to threesomes and sex parties. And it was, you know, after that relationship ended, I was, practicing polyamory on my own mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So you've had quite the journey yeah yeah <laughs> I would say which has it sounds like it's been like quite the experience for you um also in the film uh, the other main character Daniel um who plays opposite of you was mm-hmm. the one that Veronica introduced at uh or I guess met at one of the parties and was mm-hmm. introduced to polyamory and that being really new and how I perceived Daniel in the film to be like just very green um you know explore and like almost kind of kind of innocent in a way which is really cute to see it unfold and also great choice for getting um some Asian representation there as well um yeah it was really refreshing to see that too um also with like the, some of the cultural stuff there as well, which is really, really neat to see unfold on screen. But yeah, uh, the cultural stuff like was, was not originally in the script, but you know, because we cast Jake Choi as Daniel, uh, we added those things. Cause you know, <laughs> it made, it made, it made a lot of sense. Cause you know, you never know. the script can change you know based on who you cast you you don't have like a very specific idea of the the type of you know ethnicity I mean I'm 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 open Daniel could you know he didn't have to be a certain ethnicity right so um he was he was perfect for the role no it was great and also just like (laughs) <laughs> it's like the scene with his mom <laughs> too yes yes <laughs> I thought that was really believable um I'm not Korean but I have I mean I'm Filipino Chinese but they can be very like smothering <laughs> he, yeah no he helped he helped write that scene because oh, really? you know that I mean because that yeah that was one of the scenes that we ended up shooting um later like a year after the main production we had to shoot more scenes and and the specificity of that really came from his experience. I mean, I wrote the scene, but like it was after conversations with him. So good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Glad you appreciate that. <laughs> but yes, like uh, going back to Daniel's character, him being very green, um, not knowing how to really navigate through polyamory and having Veronica to kind of anchor him and help guide him in a sort of way. Um, but also, there were some red flags there in terms of like the miscommunication or lack of communication. Uh, not a lot of discussion in terms of boundaries or what you call agreements um, in polyamory. So I think it's also really a good time to discuss the importance of consent and boundaries 
in a polyamorous relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Super important. And, and in the film, you know, Veronica, she tries to teach him, but he, because he's so new at it, he messes up a lot. And, and then she gets, she gets messy because she's so, she, she's so vulnerable, right? Is her, she's like in love with him and then she's not making the best decisions either. And yeah. Um, so it's, it's always best to have, have these discussions right up front and mm-hmm. to talk about boundaries and agreements and um, yeah. That's really key. It, it goes along with sex work as well because people also have assumptions along with polyamory too in terms of like, I don't know, I feel like with polyamory and also with sex work, people just see the umbrella of sex mm. <laughs> and uh-huh. try to think that one, you're available two, you're just having sex all the time and fucking everyone and everything. Um, uh-huh. But no, we actually do have preferences. We do have boundaries as well. There's things that we uh, would like to do and there's things that we're not comfortable with doing. And that is so important to kind of have those conversations as early as possible, at least in my experience with clients uh-huh. um, to really prevent any kind of disappointment, but also to determine what your expectations are. Um, would you kind of say it's a kind of a similar vein in poly- Yeah, I think so. But I think it's a little bit more clear in sex work because it is a service, it's a transaction. And, and so it's like a container that's more defined. Whereas in polyamory, it's, you know, dating yeah. relationship and, you know, you're kind of in the seductive dance and, and, and sometimes it's a, you're so turned on, you don't want to talk about these things or you, it's like the beginning of something new and, and, you're just overwhelmed with the new energy and the romance and, and you don't want to like bring in boundaries and have these clinical discussions, but you know, at some point they are necessary. Oh, definitely. For sure. I feel like what, when do you think is the best way one question to bring this up, but also to what when and how because as you mentioned Mm -hmm. there's so many converging factors that can you know have bring up the topic of boundaries can quote-unquote spoil (laughs) food or something yeah (laughs) well yeah I mean there there are different aspects to it so there's the the boundaries of regarding dating and and the relationship and then and then sexual boundaries so I think if you're if you're meeting people on apps or if you are in in a context where you already know they are polyamorous whether it's like a poly mixer or something you already know that it's already established then you're already over the first step if you don't know that, you need to have that. You need to bring that up and be like, hey, so 
Uh, I'm polyamorous. <laughs> How about you? Um, so that's number one. And then, and then number two would be, I, I guess, so are you, are you dating anyone else right now? You know, what, what is, where are you right now? And in, in that, and, um, and then, and then when it comes to sex, you know, you could, you could just get into it in the heat of the moment. But if, if it's, I think if, if it's like a sex party or a BDSM kink event, it's easier to have a very clear discussion yes. at the beginning because you're playing with strangers yeah, in a public, <laughs> yeah, in a public space. And I mean, public, private, I mean, public <laughs> in that there are um, other people around. And whereas if you're just dating someone and, and, you know, you're feeling the chemistry and the energy, you could just let your body dictate and get into it. But as it's happening, if there's something that doesn't feel right, that's when you need to speak up mm -hmm. and say, well, maybe you don't have that clear conversation right away because you're like, doing the dance and it just kind of happens organically um but like oh wait you know actually I don't really like fingering or like I'm not I'm not ready I don't want to do penetration that's going to take a little while or you know yeah whatever you know state your whatever yeah. you're okay with or not okay with and don't just let it happen and then say afterwards oh that didn't feel great. I wish you hadn't done that. That's not a good way to go about it. <laughs> no, no, that's definitely not. And of course, yeah, in the heat of the moment, it can, it's just not like a good timing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> in some situations, right? And I remember like in the film, I think it was maybe Daniel that said it, but I remember he said something like, um, I thought I could do whatever I want, or I thought you can do uh -huh. whatever you want. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And I, I feel like that speaks to so many people that are out, um, like that are not in a polyamorous relationship. Like, oh, I just, I, I thought you could just do, you have this freedom. You could just yeah. <laughs> you do whatever yeah. you want, right? But yeah. that's not the case, right? It just depends on what you, you're agreeing upon. Uh -huh. Right. For sure. And um, I think if, it's always best to bring something up than not because if you don't, the partner may assume that you don't have a problem with, with that thing. Right. Yeah. And I mean, this kind of goes into the next kind of topic too, and we're tackling jealousy um, and other feelings as well, because like in the film, I felt like Veronica was getting pretty uncomfortable with with things that were going on between and this is maybe a little bit of a spoiler for anyone who has okay. it. <laughs> um <laughs> but yes, like how the relationship between Daniel and Maya was kind of growing and where that uh -huh. going down a kind of like a different pathway um and uh -huh. tried to kind of like as you mentioned skirting around Veronica skirting around the topic, um, Maya also kind of dodging the topic when uh, Veronica had asked, like explicitly asked her about it too. And mm -hmm. I really wanted to talk about this too, because I feel, again, another common misconception or assumption is that 
because you're in a polyamorous relationship, cheating doesn't exist. Mm, right. Yeah. yeah. Not true. <laughs> yeah. So I'd love to like maybe talk about um, jealousy and when other feelings come, start to come into play. How uh-huh. do you deal with that? How do you cope? How do you mm. cope with that? Yeah. It's, it's hard. Like some people naturally just get more jealous than others. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do with different attachment styles, like how secure you are in relationship and intimacy. And, but how to handle it is, well, first of all, be really clear about your needs and your boundaries is maybe, um, you know from experience that it's really triggering when your primary partner uh, uh, yeah. stays overnight with an- with another partner. Uh, yes. I think that's you know that's what comes up in in the film as an example, and and that's an agreement you have, and then the partner does that. So that would be like if. He'll just say he says if he agreed to that and then he does that, then that's technically a sort of cheating, right? That's a kind of cheating. And I, I had uh, also an experience in my personal life where uh, with my, my husband, we're now separated, but we were dating a woman together and we had told her that, you know, if she ever wanted to date anyone else to so please talk to us about it. And we would, we just want to be aware and have the conversation. And, and she ended up going on a, on a trip and kind of withdrawing. And, and then when I questioned, Hey, are we still in a relationship? Then she said, no, I'm sorry. No. I'm not someone else. I want to be monogamous with this person. And it was, yeah, it was just like the ultimate betrayal because we, she had the opportunity to be open and, you know, before that happened to talk to yeah. us about it, but she didn't, she ended up doing it like cheating and then, and then like abandoning us. And yeah, it was just it awful. Terrible. So yeah, I'm things like that can happen. That. That's, oh gosh. I mean, and as mentioned, cheating does exist <laughs> yeah. in these types of relationships too. Um, especially when like people are kind of going behind someone's back yeah. and whatnot. Um, I remember when I was kind yeah. of dabbling, not with polyamory, but like more with swinging um, many years ago, I remember being involved with a couple mm-hmm. and who I'd met at a party as well. And I always, I was friends with them both. And I always had this communication. Like I'm always going to be talking to the wife and communication goes through her. And then, of course, things start to shift when the husband started talking to me mm. directly. I'm like, well, does so-and-so know about this? Because I'm not comfortable talking to you alone if so-and-so is not in the loop about this. Because yeah. it makes you comfortable. And it, it mm. feels like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's like a weird feeling in your stomach. Like, am I doing something wrong? I mean, so yeah it can be especially for yeah a third if you there's a triad situation and 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 
if if there's a hierarchical couple primary partners and then the third person is kind of gets caught between yeah the couple like having a fight or yes and very it can get really too, so uh, dramatic like, mm, and messy I'm gonna withdraw from this situation <laughs> I'm not really gonna enter in that so <laughs> but I mean on yeah. on the flip side of things um yeah because poly of course that means like multiple because there's you might be surrounded by more people does it ever feel isolating or, or lonely in some capacity at times? Because I felt that during the film, too, with Veronica specifically, um, especially when this whole thing with Daniel and Maya was kind of growing, and I felt like she was kind of withdrawing herself um, as well. Then that kind of, kind of uh, that whole scene at one of the mm-hmm. king parties that kind of exploded and, you know, she had made decisions there. Um, Talk to us about that. Yeah. 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 Um, So I think if that the loneliness and isolation can occur when, when someone is, feeling insecure in the relationship Mm. like it doesn't have a solid foundation and and and, and in veronica and daniel's case like they didn't really have that solid foundation they never established it because when as soon as they started sleeping together and dating they went right into the poly and and didn't really establish uh trust and a solid foundation with each other. So I think that is a situation where that's also in my experience that where, you know, you could just feel like you're yeah. a buoy rocked. in the sea, in the ocean, being just rocked from side to side and there's no like anchor. Okay. So maybe you're, or maybe like trapped in a car and you're flipping around and, and there's, you know, it's, completely helpless is there isn't you know isn't that solid foundation um and it could also happen um because people sometimes people are drawn to polyamory because they are commitment phobic they're afraid of commitment they have attachment insecure attachment they have traumas that um you know make it difficult for them to have their own self-love so then or they're, or, you know, they tend to kind of have anxious tendencies toward attachment or avoidant tendencies where they, you know, want to be close and then it feels like it's suffocating. So then they withdraw. And then, so like, oh, well, if I'm polyamorous, then I don't have to get too close to people or I don't have to, uh, if, if something starts to feel too threatening, then I'll just go to someone else. Right. So that's like the unhealthy way to, yeah, the unhealthy side to polyamory. Yeah. Having, having healthy self-love and being anchored in yourself can um, help with the loneliness. I mean, I'm sorry, just drawing another parallel with sex work too. Um, And I don't know, maybe 
maybe this is just my own kind of understanding or perspective on how I see polyamory, but there are some things in common with sex work in terms of like the stigma around it, even with the, the conversation that you had, uh, not you had, at Veronica mm-hmm. had at the dinner table uh, with her parents <laughs> and <laughs> judgment going around that table yes. with like the dad, the yes. mom, the sister-in-law, the brother, like there's a lot of opinions in that scene of a little bit fully mm-hmm. charged. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. that is true. It's not fully accepted, like, it may, I like being queer is perhaps it's you know it's a little less accepted maybe um in some ways uh, yeah like it there some people like have this experience of coming out to their families uh, about feeling polyamorous because they want to introduce their other partners or you know have the opportunity to maybe not yeah. always have the same partner at family functions. And <laughs> yeah, it can be tricky. And those conversations can be tricky. <laughs> can also be quite tricky too. At, even at the sex worker as well. Mm-hmm. Like those can be difficult conversations to have. Sure. Um, also, you know, coming out or being outed or being doxxed. Um, because our work is so stigmatized uh, and people don't fully understand it, there is a lot of, you know, assumptions that that's made about the work that we do. And, and sometimes like it, it, that can also be quite lonely as well, not yeah. having anyone to talk to or, or relate to as well in this line of work. So. Or maybe I imagine that you have to hide it in certain contexts um, or you know, use being really other vague. terms like <laughs> being really vague about things. Something. Um, and of course, like <laughs> not everyone is yeah. out. Like I'm, I'm an out sex worker, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of folks that do not have that privilege to be out. Um, they might put themselves in danger. They have, maybe they might have kids. Uh, their kids might be taken away from them. Stuff like that. So it can get really, really messy, and also just yeah. again really lonely at times when. You're like, well, this is what I have to do to work. Um, and it can be really quite challenging in those situations. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think like with just that there are stereotypes and assumptions associated with polyamory, like I think the same goes for sex yeah. work. Like, yeah. oh, they're all drug addicts or... Um, or, you know, polyamory is like... <laughs> I'm sure you hear that a lot. Oh, they're all nymphomaniacs. <laughs> or... <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> Not lately. <laughs> I mean, that being said, um, again, going back to the film, too, Daniel had come from a long-term 12-year <clears throat> monogamous relationship with his wife. Um and there was also, I think, uh, in the beginning of the film, Veronica, I can't remember the name of her her girlfriend at the time, but Joanne, there we go. Yes, sorry about that. Joanne, uh-huh. um, I Joanne. remember, and again, uh-huh. maybe it's a spoiler as well, uh-huh. but okay. them kind of getting into an argument because Veronica had broken some rules as well in the beginning. 
thing. And Joanne was like, well, I yeah. became Polly for you or something along those lines. I did for you. Um, and as you know, like Polly yeah. isn't the, the right fit for some folks. And, and I think, yeah. Can you? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and it can be very uh, challenging for someone who falls in love with a poly person, but they are not poly. And um, there are some people who are fine with that. They're like, you go do your thing. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm, you know, as long as you always come back to me or as long as you honor these agreements, I'm okay with it. And then there are other people who just try to adapt to it, and, but but it really doesn't feel right to them, or they just it, it's too um, it's too triggering, so it doesn't 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 feel safe to them. So you just have to learn and and through experience or understand like what in order to understand what feels safe to you and what doesn't, and to see if this is something that you that is really who you are and yeah and then and once you discover that then then you mm-hmm, definitely uh, I mean then you can make choices I'm sure from you've there. heard of experiences where people come into poly relationships perhaps for the wrong reasons and I'm sorry I apologize but I've heard this way, way too many times but Always men coming into or attempting to poly <laughs> relationships, like cis men. Um, yeah. And again, going into this cycle of toxicity that we mentioned earlier of, you know, it just be, it going along the cheating lines and stuff. Too. Um, so that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you have to don't apologize for that. Cause it's, it's just something that it's 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 a real thing and it's like it is often cis men who straight men who um go into that go into it just so they can have a lot of sex with a lot of different people and not really be mm-hmm. have a strong integrity about about how their actions totally. may be affecting their other partners. Yeah, or, yeah, it's a, a different kind of motivation. Yeah, this is more selfish. For sure. Like, I, I wouldn't even, to me, like, that uh-huh. doesn't even scream poly at all. It just, <laughs> and it just screams, like, okay, I just want to have sex with no. as many people as I want. And that's a lot of the experiences that I've heard from my friends in the poly community of, 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 <laughs> cis men trying to get into this very specific circle of people and destroying um some relationships in that way so it's it's hard (laughs) yeah i think i'm more i'm developing a tv series about the same subject and yeah Yeah. and um we're gonna have a character like that oh gosh yeah, I mean this type this type of guy. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm assuming, but with sex work, we're really careful and, and kind of protective of our community. I feel like with Polly, 
people, it, it's probably along the same lines uh-huh. as well. You're very protective. You're looking out for what. Yeah, I think so. Is I think it's it. The people who are really invested in it, they kind of create families, like poly families, and sometimes there are partners that overlap <laughs> and and polycules or all these other terms. <laughs> um, and you know, communal living situations and so yeah, they 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 are very protective and they kind of the, you know, the people who do it right, they're, they're, they don't want anyone to feel like neglected or are hurt. I mean, this, it's going to inevitable that you're going to hurt someone it's in some way and, you know, without realizing it, but then you talk about it. It's in yeah. the intention is always like, yes. everyone has to feel safe and loved. <laughs> That's the ideal. That is the ideal, you know, maybe an ideal mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's hard to reach like sometimes. With that in mind, in terms of like, we want to keep everyone safe and want everyone to be happy and feel loved and all that stuff. Like, do you feel that gets more challenging, more difficult um, with the more, more people involved? And I, I understand that not all poly relationships have multiple people, but one other person and whatnot, but I'd love to hear your take on that. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, most of my experience has either been like as a solo poly person or in a triad with the primary partner. And in those situations, you know, it's just, it can get tricky in a triad with, like always like worried about oh is she okay is he okay or or wait or maybe one person taking on a caretaking role and then it becomes yeah imbalanced. I was wondering about the imbalance part and, like how do you yeah. how do you do that like for me just I'm a monogamish person and sometimes I feel like mm-hmm. I am just my energy output at the end of the day with one person is already like enough <laughs> for me oh that's I mean that's also a huge Mm -hmm. factor in whether or not polyamory is is right for you is um, do you have the time and energy for it because I I think a lot of people are like oh I think I totally get it but I just don't have the time and energy for it like I like I would do it like I don't have a problem with it I think I kind of am polyamorous but I just I don't have the time to have more than one relationship. It's, it's hard <laughs> enough to have one relationship to, to manage. Right. And then I, I don't know. I think there are a lot of nerdy people who are polyamorous who are like really good about scheduling and having spreadsheets oh. to manage their, all their really, I mean, I'm just making that <laughs> up, but I think, Maybe they do. Uh, Who knows? <laughs> maybe they do. Maybe they do. But just um, there's a lot of time management, and some some people just don't want to put the time into it. And for me, it's it's 
I, I feel like when I'm my polyamory is all it's just like whatever happens organically it's like I'm not usually seeking out like oh I need another mm-hmm. partner right it's just like oh there's this other person I'm interested in, I'm attracted yeah. to and that's just being a natural thing which is awesome. yeah which happens with monogamy when you're monogamous also it's just that you don't act on yeah. it true I mean, going on that note, I know towards the end of the film, um, Veronica was also saying um, polyamory can be just as fucked up as monogamy. And I'd love to hear what you meant by that or what Veronica meant by that. Veronica meant is is that all, all relationships can cause hurt. Any, any kind of relationship can, can cause hurt, heartbreak, betrayal, abandonment, lack of trust, um, poor communication, these things. Uh, don't go away with polygamy, and they are not pillars of monogamy either. I mean, people pretend that they are, and that's why they demonize polyamory. But the reality is that a lot of people cheat. And um, so it's just about being mindful whatever in whatever relationship style you choose and to be aware that, um, I mean, to acknowledge that, that Neither one is better than the other. And it's just a matter of knowing what you desire and need and communicating that effectively to others so that you can have healthy relationships. That's a really, I thought that was a really great way to kind of segue into um, the other, basically the closing scene uh, of the film, which I thought was interesting because, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but like it was, it was really interesting to hear to hear how both Veronica and Daniel ended up and what their pathways were at the end of the film. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it was different than I thought in, in the end. So I, it was a nice surprise. Um, really great to hear that. Um, and for those who are wondering how it ended, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to watch the film. <laughs> I love but it's definitely not what you know, not where they started. Both of them are where they are at the beginning. That's where they are at the end. Is not. It's it's like the, it's like almost the opposite. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a great end to the film too because I'm 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 really glad that nothing was all like super tied up and like tied pretty bow at right. the end. So it was a great film to watch. Um, but Stephanie, before I let you go. First of all, where can we watch the film, A Less Life Love, and where can we also find you? Yeah, so you can watch it on um, most VOD platforms on Amazon, Google Play, Apple TV, Vudu. There are a few other ones, but you can go to lesslifelove.com. There's a link there where you can access all of them or just Google Less Life Love movie and you'll find it. Uh, You can buy or rent it. And, and you can find me um, and the film on social media, Less Life Love, 
on Facebook or Lust Life Love Movie um, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I don't know, Twitter is LLL Film, the film. And me on Instagram at the uh, underscore Stephanie Sellers. So, um, That's yeah. All the places. We have all of the links in the show notes below. So feel free to give that a watch. I'd also love to hear everyone's thoughts on the show too. So don't forget to add us. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me for some reason, if you're enjoying the show, if you enjoyed this episode, if you want more episodes like this, please find me on Twitter and on Instagram. It's stripped by Sia. Um, again, if you're interested in financially supporting the show, it's patreon.com slash stripped by Sia. If you're interested in coming on the show, you're welcome to pitch me at strippedbysia.com. And it is new episodes every single week, every single Sunday, dropping at midnight. And we'll catch everyone in for another episode next Sunday. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining me today. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was a great conversation. Thank you. You're listening to Stripped by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, music by Ted D, graphic design by Maria Bellandarama, and photography by Ian Davern. Thank you.